Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 494 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is our first episode back as we foray into 2023, <laughs> and we got a bling. Oh, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I was just turning my phone on. Do not disturb. Oh, no. Well, it disturbed. <laughs> so uh, perfect, perfect things the way it's been going so far, trying to get everything back online. And, of course, my internet service provider is having issues, but... It may let us get away with recording, so let's go ahead and do that. So this is a deep dive episode, but we're going to kind of ease on into 2023 and make it a light episode. It's going to be all about gaming on Linux, which is something we don't really talk about, but it's a good thing to talk about, so let's go ahead and talk about it. But before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Cheryl is not going to be joining us tonight, W5MOO, because she doesn't do gaming on Linux and Figuring that she had nothing to contribute, she's going to be doing something else. But the two of us are here. I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And Bill has taken it upon himself to build some gaming machines and is therefore going to talk probably most of this episode about gaming on Linux. I haven't done a lot of it, although we're going to talk a little bit about what I have been doing in uh, what about three segments down here. But in the meantime, let's... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, and uh, you can tell us about your your experiences, your foray into uh, gaming with Linux. I know you, you're much more of a gamer than I am. Uh, I, I play a few console games here and there. I like my flight simulator, and I've tried Fortnite a few times. But uh, you like to play games a lot more than I do, and you've actually set up a PC dedicated to gaming. So let's uh, let's get a, an intro to gaming, I guess, first of all. Yeah, so uh like we say this is uh this is not a a true deep 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 dive. This is uh as I put in the comments here, it's part 1 of question mark question mark. So this will not be a comprehensive guide on how to get your system up and running for gaming and everything else. Uh but I will go over uh, basically the experiences I did uh having some enjoyment uh with uh with buying a couple of uh Black Friday special gaming computers, uh identical of course, um, for, for this particular purpose. Cause I always wanted to kind of go through the process of actually getting games up and running on Linux. And of course I've watched all the YouTube videos of everybody else attempting it and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, I, I thought I'd give it a go myself and just see, uh, see what the fuss or the, the successes are all about. Um, so the systems I, I chose because they were cheap, <laughs> but semi modern, uh, it was a, as a special, it was an HP Victus, uh, I think 15 L's or something like that. 
Um, they were like 600 bucks. So they're pretty cheap. Uh, they came with a AMD Ryzen 7 5700G for the processor, which I thought was pretty good. Um, you can tell being a 5700G, it's a weird processor to have in a desktop system. Uh, but hey, it's fine. That's why it's cheap. Uh, the AMD Radeon RX 660X or 6600 XT is the graphics card. I chose an AMD AMD combination because, of course, I wanted to use uh, the goodness of open source drivers that AMD provides us. I didn't want to deal with any weird NVIDIA stuff. So obviously, this guide will not talk about NVIDIA <laughs> specifically. Um, I do have an NVIDIA gaming laptop upstairs but uh it unfortunately is still running windows 11 and uh, will probably stay that way just as a kind of like the uh uh the the nvidia test system should i ever actually want to uh, put that on linux but uh anyway so i have i have basically two of these i have 32 gigs of ram each and they have a smaller nvme they have a 500 gig nvme and I don't install a lot of games. If I'm, if I'm testing something, I'll install it. I'll play it for a little bit. Then I'll throw it away. I'll, I'll uninstall the game. Unlike my kids who install, you know, terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of games on their computers. Um, but, uh, I, I digress on that. <laughs> Anyway, so I wanted to choose an operating system uh, for this. Obviously, Linux was the choice of the operating system, but uh, I wanted to choose a distribution that was really kind of catered to my my taste of operating, and as well as I wanted something that sort of came pre-configured with a lot of the gaming stuff um, that I would need, including stuff to run Windows games and stuff like that. And I chose... Of course, Garuda Linux, <laughs> Garuda KDE Dragonized Gaming Edition specifically. Uh, this is a particular edition comes all set up with uh, all the uh, all the nice utilities that we're going to talk about here to get your Windows games running on Linux. Um, and you don't have to do anything extra. So basically, uh, just to go over that real quickly, I did the installer. Uh, HP, the BIOS on it was really weird. It knew right away that I was trying to install Linux, and it uh, required me to enter a pin in order to kind of validate the fact that I'm going to kill Windows, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. I've never run into this on a machine before that could tell that I was doing something naughty on a Windows box. Uh, these machines came with uh, uh, Windows 11 pre-installed, uh, which they never saw a single boot on. Uh, so yeah, went through the installer, installed basically the defaults for the gaming edition, didn't do any extra packages or anything else like that. And, uh, yeah, just ran it straight out of the box. So no extra configuration, no tweaking any of the hardware in all of the examples that I'm going to go over of the test work that I did. And by test work, I mean gaming, cause like that's what you do for testing, right? Um, so yeah, the, uh, I didn't cover Linux games at all because they're native and they just work. So you can play all those to your heart's content on any, uh, gaming edition of Linux or even Ubuntu or Pop OS or any of those others. But I really want to try some of the Windows games because, you know, that's what I have libraries and libraries of, uh, from weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months of getting all the free games from the Epic store, uh, which if you don't have an Epic account, which is free to get, of course, they give you free games every week. And then during uh, holiday times, they give you multiple games every week. So, uh, I have a lot of games in the library that I've never played 
and that are some are trash, some are okay, some are good. And I thought, well, you know, I've, I've already kind of played some of the ones in, in Windows, and let me give it a try in Linux. So some of the utilities that uh, that the edition provides. Now, of course, you can install this on your Linux box. Uh, you can find this, uh, you know, available normally in a repo, or you might be able to find it flat pack or whatever. But uh, it has uh, several utilities that are kind of like kind of help you kickstart getting gaming working. Uh, one of those utilities, which we've talked about on the show here before, is Play on Linux, uh, as well as Q4 Wine. But I haven't really messed with that one before. But uh, Play on Linux, of course, is sort of a, a basic app for installing, uninstalling, and playing games. You can also use it to install regular applications uh, with using the default Wine installation. Although you can configure them using Proton. So that was the nice part about this as well. It also has a wine build with Proton in it, and it also has all the Proton builds uh, in the system by default. Uh, and the author says even a child can use them, I guarantee. And I'm, I'm certain I've used Play on Linux before, and it just works. Uh, however, I didn't test it in this because I wasn't really interested in installing a game from scratch, per se, uh, that way, because I don't really have any installation media. So I, I, used the, I started using the, the next utility, uh, which is called Lutris. And uh, we have talked about Lutris in the past. Uh, Lutris, of course, is an open source gaming platform for Linux. It has a lot more features and settings than play on Linux. You can sync Lutris with your Steam account, uh, use emulators to launch games for old consoles and obscure OSs, uh, manage your wine versions, etc., etc., etc. The nice part about Lutris is it kind of uh, you can do it multiple ways. You can uh, add a game with all its default settings and then point it to a directory where your game is installed. And lo and behold, your game will magically work <laughs> in theory. Uh, and uh, for my test, I actually uh, I, I didn't really have anything for Lutris, but I, I've been kind of following uh, the World of Warcraft uh, private server uh, chatter in Reddit for a long time. And though I've never actually tried one, I decided to say, eh, you know, what the heck? I'll, uh, I'll download a client for a private server and uh, put it on here as my test bed. And, uh, lo and behold, I was in Northrend and I was, uh, you know, uh, killing wolves and, uh, killing, uh, you know, bad guys in, uh, World of Warcraft. So <laughs> on a private server. And I didn't notice any problems at all. The setup was real easy. I, uh, um, the private server had their own client that already had their realms list set up and everything else. And since I haven't had a client installed in my computer in at least three or four years for wow, I thought this was uh, the way to go. I think it's a burning crusade client. So it goes up to the first patch or the first expansion pack. And uh, I didn't notice any bugs whatsoever. Uh, it actually got to the login screen pretty instantaneously. It played all of the uh, cutscenes that you get when you first join. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice any weirdness. Again, uh, the uh, this is the Burning Crusade is an older game. Obviously, it's from it's what twenty two thousand eight something like that. 2007. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's patch level is pretty old and, uh, you should expect it to run. Um, but, uh, I did enjoy the ease of getting it up and going because it really didn't require me to do any extra work. And I thought this was, this was kind of cool. So this is my, my only experience with Lutris in using it was, was setting that up. Uh, but you can connect that also to, uh, like they say here, the Steam account. Uh, I believe you can connect it to uh, Epic. And let me look at the screen one more time. 
let's see, they have GOG, uh, Humble Bundle you can hook it up to, and Steam. Yeah, so those are the four sources plus uh, locally installed games as well. So that should be a good utility to use for those kind of things. Uh, the other application here is uh, that they have or utility is the Heroic Games Launcher and Legendary. Uh, they're both free and open source replacement for the Epic Games Store, uh, but they're still in experimental stage. So, hey, no, uh, so no, they say no free game every week is provided, but at least in the Heroic Launcher, you can get to the Epic Games Store and you can log it in with your account and bind it to your account. So I have been able to buy buy the free games because you basically buy it through the short, the cart and stuff like that. And it does, it does, uh, it does eventually get it into the library because, uh, when the library resyncs, it'll see the games that are in there. It's not quite the experience you get in the epics game launcher in windows where if you add a game, you instantly get a little pop up that says, Hey, would you like to install this? You've got, you know, a new game added to your library. So you don't quite get that experience with it, but I find the heroic launcher. Uh, pretty comfortable to use. Um, you get, uh, basically you can see your entire library with little, uh, uh, little thumbnails for each game. And then if it's installed, it's, you know, it's circled, you know, uh, not circled, but it's, uh, sort of filtered to the top and they're in color and all the other ones are in black and white that are not installed. So that experience is pretty good. Uh, each game that you install, you can do with a variety of settings, including, um, enabling if it works. And that's, that's a big question mark. If it works, uh, battle eye and a- easy anti cheat, uh, which of course are a lot of the games used for, you know, multiplayer anti cheat, uh, tracking and stuff like that. Uh, that has been an experience that, uh, at least in my tests, has not worked out very well. <laughs> so, uh, so I did install four different games in this instance to try out. Uh, the first one, of course, being one of my favorites, though I don't play very much at all anymore. Uh, it's called Fortnite. We used to make a joke about it <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, and it does load the game. And you get to the point where it's joining the server and then it kicks you out, uh, which has been generally my experience on, uh, on, on Linux run games with easy anti cheat. Uh, occasionally it works or it has worked in the past. It depends on the various versions and whatnot. And in fact, today I was, uh, I was running a full update on it and I didn't quite finish uh, getting that updated before the recording of this podcast or before I actually got, I came home. And, uh, so I don't, I'll, I'll have to circle back to that one to see if it works with the latest updates. Cause I think, uh, the last one was just before, uh, the season change that I just did. So, so there might be changes that it actually works, but it has big red flags on it when you go to install it that says, you know, this probably won't work. So that's kind of a good ind- indication too. They kind of give you a, an indicator whether or not you're going to have success with this at all. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of cool, <laughs> you know, um, another game I installed was among us. Uh, a lot of people probably played that in the past. That's uh kind of a fun little, I guess it's 2d game overhead, uh, multiplayer, uh, that installed and ran fine. No problems. I installed, uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the new order, which, uh, had been in my list to, uh, play for quite a while. And I've never done it because i am a sort of a, a old fan of the wolfenstein games but uh uh this one i have uh i have a little bit of play time on uh mainly just to experiment with this so i'm, I'm just into the very first uh level where you uh 
you are uh, swimming into the various uh, um, uh, stranded uh, airplanes on the beach and using them to shoot um, all the droids or whatever the mechanoids or whatever. (laughs) I'm not totally into the game yet. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, it worked uh, flawlessly. Uh, No problems at all. No glitches with audio, no glitches with the video. Um, Pretty seamless experience installing it and just hitting the play button. Uh, another game that just uh, was released uh, to the free store just like a few weeks ago is The Long Dark. Um, I Just because it was new in the list, never heard of it. I just clicked install just to see if it would run, and lo and behold, it ran fine. Uh, so I, I think a lot of the single-player games probably will run fine. It's just when you get into the multiplayer ones that you might re- experience some issues uh, with some of the anti-cheat systems and stuff like that. Uh, for the first-person shooters and, and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Uh, another kind of utility added on to things. Well, is, be- before uh, you jump into yeah. all that, <laughs> yeah, let me go back to the beginning for a second, because I can't remember if you said you, you built all of this on Garuda, and it was a specialized yeah. um, gaming version of Garuda. Yes. So, so the various frameworks that you've been using here, like Play on Linux and Lutris and Heroic and all that stuff, mm-hmm. are they like... Are they like AURs? Are they are they in the repo? They're installed or? by default. Yeah, they're in the repo. Okay, like not not only in the repo, but you just get them when you install the OS. Yes, yes, uh, that's what makes it compelling to use this because it has everything you need to kind of get started. So all these utilities are stuff that's baked into the uh, distro. Do you think they've hacked anything to make this stuff work better than if you just had something else like Ubuntu and tried to install Lutris and all this other stuff or? I don't think so because I mean the interface itself looks the same. You know, um, they have I think possibly done a little better job of kind of uh, you know bringing together everything. So you have not only Wine but you have Wine built with Proton, and then you also have Proton by itself. And of course, with Proton, we're talking about uh, Valve's uh, version of Wine, basically that they use to back all of the uh, Steam games. All right, that's pretty good. So, I mean, it's a pretty seamless and cohesive experience right out of the box. No issues that that way with, with getting this stuff. And the the game is like you these these are like launchers for games. So, like once you have once you have all this stuff, you just pull the stuff down from the the stores, like the Heroic Game Store and Epics and all that stuff. Yeah. So once you uh, say we're talking about Heroic here, so I mean, once I connected Heroic to my uh, Epic account. You know, instantly within my library, so as a library tab of all your games, you know, 198 games came in. So, or at least are available to install locally on the machine. So it, it syncs up with uh, with your libraries that you already have. Much like if you launch a Steam client and you can see your Steam library, uh, this is just another front end because you can't have the Epic launcher running in Linux, as far as I'm I'm aware. I haven't seen that actually run. Okay, so so Lutris is the Steam client, or what about Steam directly? Yeah, you can. Well, that's we're not to the Steam yet, but it's it's there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump down this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I should have started with Steam because Steam is like yeah. yeah every, everyone knows Steam, everything. right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, these are the other ones that are primarily just for well, heroic specifically for GOG and uh, Epic Game Store. So that's primarily what you'll use just for that because your Epic games don't come into the Steam library and stuff like that. Um, Lutris is kind of redundant in that case because it can connect to your, uh, Steam. It can also connect to your, um, your Epic uh, account. Um, I just don't use it for that. Lutris is really 
its, it's original goal, I believe, was to kind of aid in getting games set up using kind of a library of configurations uh, for games. Uh, and that's kind of where its strength is. So like when you launch Lutris, you have all kinds of, uh, options on the left hand side and stuff like that. Um, your own library, which you'll keep for just installed games, but you also have those sources of, um, you know, uh, Epic and, and Humble Bundle and Steam and stuff like that and GOG. Um, but you can just hit the plus button and add a game that you already have like a copy of locally. And that's kind of what I did. I had a copy of uh, World of Warcraft locally. So and basically I just said, yeah, it's World of Warcraft. It's in this directory. Bada bing, bada boom, hit play and go. You know, it uh, it was literally that quick. <laughs> it made it pretty much uh, foolproof. You know, I'm not running, obviously, an 8K screen or something like that or some fancy, fancy, fancy hardware. This is, you know, pretty, pretty standard mid-level probably two generation old gaming hardware so all right cool well then i will stop interrupting you for a little bit at least and let you let you get on to what you were talking about originally <laughs> no worries. uh so yeah so another couple of utilities that kind of help you with the wine and proton they have wine tricks and proton tricks uh i believe we mentioned wine tricks in the past numerous times as a solution to uh editing and doing some custom work on your wine configurations uh these are simple guis to configure your wine and proton usually wine tricks is shipped with wine but proton tricks needed to be explicitly installed so you get all these already um i think at one time you used to have to install wine tricks separately so uh, that hasn't always been the case but uh wine development has kind of kind of exploded uh, as of the last uh, few years here so it wouldn't surprise me if it's by default even in ubuntu and all the repos and stuff like that but uh i don't i don't really have information on that uh, you can try that yourself at home if you you have one of those systems uh, but be assured that it definitely is in this particular build for uh, Garuda Linux, uh, the gaming edition. Uh, Steam. Steam on Linux, of course, is shipped in two versions, runtime and native. Uh, if your game doesn't launch in one, you can try the other. Steam use, can use Proton if you enable the beta version and the settings, which, of course, I did. And after that, most of your games from Windows should work. Um, the ones I specifically tested here uh, are Phasmophobia and... Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls V, which of course is Skyrim. Um, I've also played GTA V. Works fine. <laughs> I didn't put it in this list because I hadn't installed it on that machine, but I've had, I have run Steam and Linux before and I have run GTA V and it does work fine. So you can definitely, uh, definitely try that without anything else. Um, and, uh, yeah, all your Steam games. Yeah. I haven't ran into one that didn't, didn't, didn't run right. Um, I'm sure there are some, they have their own, uh, I believe they have their own compatibility tests. So they have some gold standard games that will work no matter what. Then they have some other games that may run at like a reduced performance mode. Um, but you can check Steam, uh, for that. Obviously Steam and Valve are putting a lot of, uh, a lot of compatibility into this. <laughs> for Linux because uh, their little Steam Deck runs on Arch Linux as well. So uh, yeah, you can you can you can assure yourself that <laughs> uh, yeah, Valve is very interested in getting all the games in the uh, Steam library to function in somewhat of a capacity, especially for their uh, for their Steam uh, Steam Deck device. Uh, you, you'll most likely have pretty good success with everything else. Uh, Phasmophobia uh worked pretty good it's a it's a hunting game uh you're uh ghost hunters it's actually a pretty fun game you play with your uh 
your friends uh, has voice chat, uh, proximity voice chat built into the game and a bunch of other little mechanics. It's not really like a super, super high end game for a gaming system, but it kind of tests a little bit of everything, that audio, that uh, voice audio kind of going in the game and everything else. And yeah, I just, it didn't hiccup at all. It plays just as good as my you know, NVIDIA uh, Windows box upstairs. Uh, does so uh yeah you'll probably have no no worries at all with with steam uh on linux and i've i think i've been running the native version runtime yeah i believe i've been running the native version for everything but i do have that beta uh checked so it does run proton as needed for the uh for the games that aren't specifically compatible but like all the games in my library show up so nothing's been blacked out of the list and I, I can install them all. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't because there's too many games to install. <laughs> I was, uh, I was actually just installing, uh, Doom, the, uh, the newer Doom, um, the one that was came out, what was it, 2016, something like that. I was just installing that before I left my office because these machines are living in my office right now. And uh, it was still about, you know, 50 gig away from down, from being downloaded. <laughs> so I'll be able to report back on that when we do a, a version two of this. And after we get some feedback on, uh, on uh, your experiences with uh, playing uh, Linux, Windows games on Linux. I mean, you can tell us about your experiences playing Linux games on Linux, but I, I would assume that that's probably a pretty good experience <laughs> in general. <laughs> uh, games written for um, Linux should run on Linux pretty well, I would I would think. I would hope. Uh, yeah. It's just generally how it works. Uh, yeah, it's always these non-native games that you hear everybody complain about. And, you know, uh, b- besides Fortnite, uh, you know, my experience was pretty good. I haven't had, uh, yeah, any any kind of weirdness with the, with the operating system. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with using Garuda and that dragonized edition anyway. That's, that's actually what I reinstalled here on my shack PC. So that's what I'm running right now. Um, at home, but it's just not the gaming edition because this computer, yeah, can't do that. So <laughs> it can do, it can do what we're going to talk about in the next segment, <laughs> which is some, uh, you know, gaming in the, 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 the Minecraft world. But uh, did you have any more questions or anything that I could answer with regards to what I've covered so far? No, I don't. I mean, I'm familiar enough with these different platforms and stuff. I've I've played the Epic Games, and I, I was I played a lot of the FPS type games way back, like Wolfenstein and Hexen and and all those, and Doom and and all that way back in the day. Um, some of the newer games are just, I don't know, once things got really complicated when it came to like controllers and stuff like that, I kind of switched over to using a, a console if I wanted to play games yeah. like that and yeah. kind of shifted away from the PC world. But with, uh, as, as you hinted to the, uh, advent or the re, re, uh, invigoration in my life of Minecraft, I, I have definitely <laughs> switched back towards, uh, some of these other games so i'm definitely going to check some of this stuff out i just have to find a computer that's got a decent video card to put uh the dragonized garuda on but yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> as as anybody who's been in the, the discord will say i've been pretty engrossed in uh minecraft lately <laughs> but uh and we, and we definitely want to encourage people to play minecraft i i was telling cheryl about this i i played Minecraft. i don't remember when minecraft first came out um it's like 11 years ago yeah, and that's about when I first started playing it, and I think I got into like a a solo mode game, a single player game. Played it for mm-hmm. like ten minutes, uh, found it, thought it was like completely boring, and never played it again until 
like a month ago. So, <laughs> so yeah, things things have changed a little bit. But uh, yeah, you yeah. want you want to get into it? I don't have any questions about the earlier stuff, so I think that's pretty straightforward. Oh, I just want to just kind of put a little bow on us to uh, uh, there are other utilities that come with this. Uh, I didn't really talk about them because I, I didn't have them quickly co- copy and pasteable to put the show together for tonight. That's why I said this is part one, but there's also uh, also installed by default in this gaming edition uh, for playing some of your older games. Uh, they have DOS box installed, so it's already pre-installed. So you can run old DOS games, uh, quite easily with DOS box. And, you know, I think we've, we've probably mentioned DOS box in the past. Uh, another utility that is already installed on here is RetroArch. So you can play all your, you know, retro games. You know, that's kind of like the project you, you have going on with your uh, arcade machine. Yeah. I built for, I three, you- three separate full sized. Uh, arcade machines using RetroPie, uh, which yeah, is so basically the same thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's just the Arch version of that. So uh, RetroArch is there, uh, and a ton of stuff that I have not even found myself. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a solid platform. Uh, the computers have been uh, been up since I uh, since I installed them in my office. <laughs> I don't have them at home because I'd probably be playing them all the time. Um, so I just have my office for when I have some free time to mess around with them. And I have two because I was planning on doing possibly like a recording with a capture card from one. So the machine itself wasn't, you know, taxed down with, uh, you know, recording and, uh, you know, streaming or whatever. And I don't think that's really necessary. These machines have a lot of overhead and all. <laughs> so, um, but who knows? I might just turn one into a, a very fancy shack PC and retire my, uh, my precision. My Dell Precision here from the from the early uh, early or mid two thousands, so that 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 might be the case that I do with that machine. But but yeah, that was it was uh, pretty interesting to see how simple it was to kind of get started uh, using kind of a distribution that's very well catered towards this specific task, and it just goes to show you that's you know when people uh, sometimes have mentioned that, you know, there's just so many choices in Linux and blah, 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 and I just don't know what to choose. Yeah, there are many choices in Linux. And this is one of the the really benefits of having so many choices in Linux that there's a really, you know, a lot of these distributions out there that can kind of help you get started in a various direction uh, with whatever you want to do, you know, your purpose-built machine, you know, whether that be ham radio or whether that be gaming or whether that be, you know, scientific data, there is a distribution that's probably catered specifically for what exactly you want to do with that machine. And then you can still install the other stuff that you do on there, like, you know, browsing the internet, which of course it has that stuff on there. But, you know, if you need to do, uh, you know, LibreOffice or whatever, you have to do some work documents while you're, you know, you know, you know, killing, you know, people on online, <laughs> you know, uh, you could do all of that. Uh, and, you know, obviously with Arch, you have the power of, uh, you know, all the Arch repos and then the AUR, if you want to get, you know, down and dirty with uh, all the packages that are out there that you can install. Um, yeah. Uh, there's just tons and tons of stuff you can get into. And, and I really haven't even done any Uh-oh. customization on these machines at all i I lost your audio there for a bit but i'm sure you're recording it so yes i am (laughs) (laughs) love the internet yep (laughs) but uh, i think that's it for the for the for the dragonized uh version of uh of gaming edition of garuda uh and their little talk on gaming on windows specifically and now we'll swing on over to uh to talking about Minecraft. So maybe you can talk about this. (laughs) 
I can't speak to it the way you can speak to it because I've seen the stuff oh. you do on Minecraft. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we just, I don't know why I decided to. It's just like one day, because Bill, you've been running a Minecraft server at home. You and your son have had Minecraft server at home for some time. And I was like, oh, well, this looks like it's not too difficult a thing to do. So what the hell? Let's, let's make a Linux in the Hamshack Minecraft server and spin it up and see if we can get a bunch of our listeners to get on there and I don't know, just doodle around and, and play Minecraft for a while. And you kind of showed me on your server what it was all about. And I was like, oh, this seems like it's kind of fun. So got it spun up, uh, went through a couple of iterations, started with uh, started with the fabric um I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but we started with Fabric and then switched over to Spigot. If anybody's familiar with Minecraft, they're, ne- they're going to know all this stuff. But uh, let's just say that there is a Linux in the Hamshack Minecraft server now that I've been playing a lot on. <laughs> and Bill has been like tearing up because he's doing all these crazy things that I can't even fathom yet. <laughs> but um, it's been a lot <laughs> of fun. And it does take a little bit to get into it, but you've you've had some tricks that you've shown me, like using the Prism Launcher, which is a way to sort of customize different clients for Minecraft for connecting to different servers that have different mods and things like that. So you can sort of customize your environment. And uh, that's worked out really well. And then once you get into the game... There's there's just so much to it. It seems like such a simple game, and that's why I felt like I didn't enjoy it the first time I tried it. Because, you know, at the very beginning, there's not much you can do. It's just like you walk around and try and figure things out. But with a little bit of nudging from someone who's done Minecraft for a while, you discover that this there's probably enough to do in the Minecraft world that you could never be done doing it, I kind of feel like. Um <laughs> Like every time I log into the server, there's something else to do, something else to learn, something else to figure out. And then, of course, there's all the the mods and stuff like that. So you can expand it and change it and make it do crazy things. And there was somebody even in the Discord who suggested or who posted a Reddit thread where they were trying to get people to develop ham radio mods for Minecraft so that you could have like HF rigs and two-way communicators and repeaters and, and stuff like that. It's craziness, but it's so expandable. It's so flexible um it's basically limitless but i can't speak coherently to it you've done it a lot more so maybe maybe you can give some directed information about minecraft no i think you you covered it very well um if you want to jump start uh, your minecraft setup uh definitely go with the uh jdk version 17 um if you're on windows which you know you shouldn't be no 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 shame shame you <laughs> But if you're on Windows, I just suggest installing the Microsoft version of Java. Uh, it already is at version 17, and uh, you know it's 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 a Microsoft slash Mojang game, so it will run perfectly fine uh, running that version. I know um, Java is up to 19 now or whatever, but don't use that. It uh, it will wig out a little bit. So use 17. So in Linux, install the OpenJDK 17 and. Uh, uh, the Prism launcher, like Russ said, is a, is a it's an open source Minecraft launcher with the ability to manage multiple instances. This this becomes more important as you you know expand the horizon of just playing one version of Minecraft <laughs> or one server that's on one version. Uh, as you get into the uh, into the ecosystem, you start to learn that certain mods are version locked at certain versions, and if you want to play like certain special games, like I'm interested in Vault Hunters right now, and that's running on one eighteen. 
And of course, our server is running on one nineteen point three. So, uh, so yeah, the versions are important, and being able to isolate those versions and have the right mods for those versions for doing shaders and you know mapping and mini maps and HUDs and stuff like that. Any kind of customization you want on the client side, uh, you know, you have to have matching versions of your mods for your game client. Prism Launcher just makes that simple. Um, that's not the only option you have. There's multi MC or MC multi or I don't know. Uh, there's about like five or six different utilities that I know of off the top of my head that uh, do basically the same thing. I just kind of settled it in on Prism Launcher because, hey, it's open source. It's GPLv3. The source code's out there. So you could take a look at it. And uh, if you're happy with it, you know, it does bind itself to your uh, your Microsoft slash Mojang account. Well, mainly just Microsoft account these days. So, uh, you know, that you do have to kind of think about that security implication, uh, with your mind, with your Microsoft account. Um, and yeah, we have the server connection stuff in the, in the uh, show notes. And we've talked about it before. It's just minecraft.lhspodcast.info. And we also have a map that you can check out too. And that link is in the show notes as well. It's basically the same address, just with a fancy port, like 8123 or something like that. So you can check out what we've opened up on the overworld map. And uh, if you zoom in, you can probably find where some of the bases are and some of the houses are and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun and, uh, you can do lots of things and, and yeah, we're just, we're just getting started. We're not quite, uh, you know, totally going crazy on the server yet. And, uh, we do have a, it set up so that when you join, you instantly get stone tools. So you kind of get jump started into the game. You get a, get an upgrade and an achievement right away (laughs) just to make your life a little simple, simpler. Um, and uh yeah come join us it's uh, it's it is a lot of fun and uh it's it's pretty simple to to get it going if you already have um if you happen to have an xbox and you have the game pass for xbox you you already have minecraft java for free so uh so yeah if you already have those things you you don't have to worry about buying another game or something like that you can just play for free with your xbox you know account uh so and uh yeah yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Java and Minecraft, and and just come come and join us. We do have a couple of limited integrations in Discord in the LHS Discord with Minecraft. You can actually see sort of what people are doing in chatting uh, when they're playing the game in the gaming chat. And there's even a gaming hangout, which is using a specialized uh, mod from the server that connects to a bot, and it's actually proximity look um bound so if you're in the game and you're in the gaming hangout on discord you you can actually chat with people who are playing minecraft at the same time but it is proximity locked so if you're like really far away from them you won't be able to and then as you get closer you're all in the same location then you can actually chat so it's kind of a based on the physical world of minecraft which is kind of cool but as far as doing text chat inside the game, that, that's sort of built in. You can do that anywhere, and you can see that chat in the gaming text channel on Discord as well. And I, I do believe that's bi-directional, right? Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't tested it. I haven't tested that either. <laughs> yeah, it might be something worth it. <laughs> so even if you're just yeah. kind of interested in just to see what's going on, you can hang out in either of the gaming chats. Um, the, the voice one doesn't get used a lot, but the text one sure does. And of course, the map of our world is being generated as people explore the game. And the, the URL will, of course, be in the show notes, but you can go to the same URL on port 8123 and see a real time rendered map of the LHS Minecraft world 
which is really kind of cool. And uh, it's getting bigger all the time. Lots of explorers. We had someone just join today. So a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> so um, probably too much at this point. I probably need to back off a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I, I have been enjoying it a lot. So yeah, come and join us. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more to say in future episodes about some of these different platforms and, and more about gaming and Linux and maybe doing deeper dives into more specific things like perhaps about the individual uh, gaming types or platforms and stuff like that. But I think this is a good intro for sure. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I got, I guess. Well, that's all I got. Let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. All right. So we do have one quick announcement, and that's our 500th episode giveaway. Unfortunately, this is literally just an announcement that there will be a 500th episode giveaway. Uh, what will be involved, how you can enter, and all that kind of stuff. We haven't determined any of that yet, so just be aware. <laughs> it's It's coming up very soon. Uh, uh, presumably if we get things done the way they're supposed to be, it will be in six weeks. So whatever that is, um, we'll figure it out. We'll definitely let you know, check out, check the mailing lists and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. The the details will be out there for sure. And Oh, we should probably also mention, uh, since winter field day is right around the corner. Well, that's true. Winter field day is coming up next weekend. Yeah. Mike, uh, left a note in the general channel for us that, uh, you talked to him already about it. Uh, that, uh, yeah, it's almost time for winter field day. And this year he has his loggers are all installable with pip. Uh, so you just do a pip install WFD curses for the curses version, uh, or the terminal version. And you do a pip install WFD logger for the GUI version. So this year the GUI version also does multi-station logging. So check that out. Lots of, lots of work has been put into that. He has not been gaming at all over the break. He has been coding nonstop for your, uh, for your pleasure. So check out his, uh, if you don't want to install via pip, you can just go check out his repositories and, uh, we've linked those in the past, but we'll go and add that to the show notes as well. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike, for all the hard work. And I know, I think, I think at one point, you said, and I'm hoping that it uh, will come to fruition, that the Winterfield Day Logger, because it's a great piece of software, it does have a GUI version and a Curses version, will eventually be broadened in scope. So you'll be able to do different kinds of contests with it, not just Winterfield Day. And then we, then eventually we might actually be able to, to, to say when people ask us, what's the contest logger for, for Linux? It will be Mike's contest logger. So... <laughs> Although Winterfield Day is not a contest. Sure, it's not. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Just like Field Day is not a contest. Exactly. Right? It's not a contest. But <laughs> All right. Very good. So we'll put those in the show notes. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up the show with our new subscribers, supporters, and live participants. We have been gone for almost six weeks now. So there are a few people to mention who have uh, decided to join us over the break. So we have new subscribers and Patreons. We have Winston Lawrence and Herb Garcia, or Herb. I don't know. Probably Herb. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, we had Alvin Clark. On Twitter, we had at K9EMP, at Astropay, or Astropay, P-A-I, at Tardate, which the at may be the S. I don't know. Maybe that's supposed to be Stardate. At underscore 83AD, at underscore Henry, at, or at Henry underscore Kleinhands. And at GNOW71. On YouTube, we had Peter Pickford, VA7ETP, Bear Jew, and David Berklin. On Discord, we had RJFTL. I don't know if there's a way to say that. Rejiftel. 
754 TF3JP KR8EAC4FS Gray TF2WIN uh, Nota Bene that there's two Icelandic calls in there. That's really cool. Uh, W7AQB Jared KE0SKN Fluffy Rat Serenity the Soulful Galith and Great Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are not related like one of those is is your kin i don't know about the other one <laughs> yeah galeth galeth is, is mine <laughs> uh for merchandise sales steve annis actually picked up some stuff from the selfie store so thanks steve hopefully you'll get that really soon you can tell us how it is i know bill you got your stuff so you said the quality yeah. wasn't like super good but it was pretty decent for what you paid i guess yeah yeah i think uh i think it, you know the logos were Okay, I think you you made some comments on the logos didn't quite turn out exactly the way you expected them to. I think the, um, the logo on one of the hats looked like it was oriented improperly. I think it looked fine because it's embroidered, yeah. but it looked like it was sort of sewn in the wrong place, maybe. So yeah, I'm trying to think. There was like a slight difference in how things were outlined in the hats versus like the shirts I had made up. And I'd like the logo on the shirts a little bit better, although the coloring's not as good as it is on the hats. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> two different places and stuff like that. I think they decided to outline the letters in white, and that's not quite as detailed in the stitching in the hats, but uh, it still looks good. I like it. Uh, they fit fine. Um, I think they're a little, maybe, uh, you know, the, the ribbed one, the ribbed version is a little bit tight, I think, for a one-size-fits-all. But, I mean, obviously it stretches, so it's no big deal. But, <laughs> right. Um yeah, it, uh, no, they're both they're both fine. I've already I've already used both of them in 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 uh, Haydenism Hangout. So yeah, all right, very cool. So we do have two different stores, unfortunately, because of the way things are right now. One is the pay as you go store that has like the shirts, hats, and phone cases and things like that, and the other one is the custom stuff like the stickers and all that. So links to both of those are of course on the website, and they'll be in the show notes as well. So moving on, we have the mailing list. We had Grant Bowman join us, Herb Garcia, and W8MKG. And then tonight in the live chat for the show, we had Mike KJ6LNH, Rich K0EB, Mike K6GTE, and Ted W0WA0EIR. All right, cool. So that's, that's it. We're down to the end of the show. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. We just wanted to kind of make this an easy, fun thing to talk about for the first episode of 2023. So we didn't deep dive into something super heavy and boring and all that. We hope you enjoyed it and uh, hope you'll tune into the next episode, which of course will be a short topic episode. We'll be recording it on Monday instead of Sunday. So just be aware of that if you're listening to this live. And uh, otherwise, hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you the next time around. This has been episode number 494 of Linux in the Hamshack. For the on assignment, Cheryl, W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 lhs show that's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine 
visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Music